All right, we are live yet again. This is <coughs> this is a concept that I've always wanted to do. It's called Comic Talk, where I bring together uh, uh, other comedians and we talk comics. So it's a double entendre, uh, as they say in France. Um, we're talking about DC Comics because Tuesdays is like new release day for DC Comics, where it used what? to be everything came out on Wednesday. But what when did that was... start? Sorry to, to interrupt your your introduction, but like when, when did that? When did Tuesday become their day? Um, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, it was, it was due to COVID that the pub, DC Comics decided not to go with Diamond pub, Diamond distribution. And so because of that, they were like, we don't have to then stick to Wednesdays. Let's just do Tuesdays. And so now Marvel is still with Diamond. They do Tuesdays or they do Wednesdays and DC is like, ah, we'll do Tuesdays, you know? Um, it happened during the pandemic and people were super pissed at DC basically accusing them of of undermining the entire comics industry. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, first things first, <laughs> let me introduce to my guest. Uh, right here, down there, who asked a question right off the bat, but he can because he's the Geek King, as per Geek King Out that we did a couple days ago, uh, uh, the the winner of the, of the Geek Trivia Show. We got Trevor Reese. Trevor, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh... Mm -hmm. I've been di I've been digging this DC stuff, so I'm I'm glad to talk about it. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I feel like nobody wants like I'm not gonna say nobody wants. I don't want to come in negative, but like uh, I feel like there's a lot more Marvel fans right now, currently than DC fans, and I love them both. And I'm not gonna choose, but uh, uh, I don't know. Do Do you feel that way? Oh yeah, I definitely feel that there's more Marvel fans right now. That's probably like a little of the movies, but like. Their their books have just they haven't hit the lulls in the past like twenty years that DC has. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I definitely. Um, think Marvel's got some more people. Yeah, uh, I'm glad to have you, Trevor. Uh, especially because like I know uh, uh, you got the trivia down. And yeah. So I'm very <laughs> interested to hear what you have to say about these releases. Uh, for people out there in the comments, uh, Exotic Sounds out there, Vicky's out there, whoever else is out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, not everybody out there is like like they know the day to day stuff about comics, but maybe we can break some some stuff down um, uh, on 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 you know what's going on right now and like what are good hopping on points. I think right now is a good hopping on point for DC Comics right now because uh, they uh, uh, they uh, started what was called Infinite Frontier, which is kind of their like new start. It's not a it's not a a restart. It's not a a reboot but it's like kind of a refreshed start so if there's any time to hop on comics uh at least dc comics it's it's now um we got a comment from gj baron don't know who he is hi everyone it's me gil in the trek sweater that's right <laughs> we got another guest that we have yet to. i don't know who he is i don't know who he is uh <laughs> we got gil baron everybody uh, uh gil how you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm great. I'm excited to talk DC. Yeah, I agree with you guys. DC's hit a lot of lulls recently. Um, the last few years, just it's been really tough to be a DC head. You know, uh, I'm yeah. just uh, I really am liking a lot of these new books. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully a a new golden age for DC. I hope they they figure it out. But some of these new books we're going to talk about are a really good start. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mainly at all. The comic book industry kind of hit a hit a weird thing with COVID because people like when when people can't get to the comic stores, it cuts off a portion of their you know of their their sales. Uh, I don't know if you guys have insider knowledge on on all that, but 
you know, then DC fell fell out of uh, Diamond distribution, which gets the comics to those comic shops, right? So now things are a little bit weird. They stopped producing comics for for a month, maybe two. Things got backed up. They had some major big comic events that like kind of stuttered their step and DC especially had a big multiversal crossover called death metal. Did you guys want uh, read death metal? Sure did. Yeah. Um, for, for, for the people out there that don't really know what it is, just know that like, there's, there's just all these universes colliding. It was a big, in my opinion, just kind of a, a messy thing to try to get the mess out of the way so they can start nice and clean and fresh. But did you guys like death metal? It was big screen action. There was a lot there. The, there were two issues that I thought were standout and they were two of the anthology, like short story issues that were like tales from the multiverse kind of things or like Mm -hmm. tales of the DC universe. And those were, Both of them were issues of the DC heroes preparing for war. Uh, And one of them was, had the bookends of like the Teen Titans all kind of getting together. Uh, Trevor, did you read this this one that I'm talking about? Oh, that, I think that's Future's End. Um, Something like that. Yeah, no, I I flipped through it, but I didn't didn't sit down and read it. Uh, But there, I read a bunch of the side stuff on Metal. And there was, yeah, there was a lot of really cool like Elseworlds. It was like, Tales of the Dark Multiverse was like the banner on some right. of them, and the, but yeah. the, I loved um, what was uh, the the Robin King, like his that whole, was brief. that one, yeah, like um, there was some good stuff. For the most part, I thought it was relatively silly, and I thought it was relatively, uh, yeah. I I sometimes use the word incoherent when I just mean like the plot is convoluted. Like, sometimes I felt like I had missed something, um, and I don't know that it was worth having six issues of it. I think they right. probably could have done it in four. No, no, it was seven. I think they were... And they still had you, so no, yeah, it was much seven. To get... yeah. Even better. Even better. Um, we got we got some good cr- uh, questions. First things first, I, I don't understand this before we get to the bigger mm-hmm. questions. Matt Mori out there is asking, is that Conan O'Brien's comic? What is yeah, he talking a, about? Is there... This? Oh, is. Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, this is what I did for the last half hour before. Um, I was like, all right, I'm going to get my nerd corner set. Like, I'm a, started my YouTube channel. And so, yeah. yeah, this is the Flaming Sea. I won this. I won it in, like, a, a, a raffle because Conan, uh, one of the, it was, like, 2012, 2013. Um, he, was, it, he wasn't, like, coming to Comic-Con yet, but he, like, had an influence. And they had this pop-up shop. And you would basically go around, look at all the art of like Conan, like doing superhero stuff. And then they had like a paint by numbers thing where you get to uh, pick a number and you could uh, just, um, you get to pick, you get to paint whatever number comes up. And it's like, oh, it's fun. But they had a raffle where if you picked a certain ball, you'd get it. And it's signed uh, by Conan and Bruce Tim. And so oh, this okay. is. The Flaming Sea is a character he, him and Bruce Tim, like he did, Conan did, like early in the Conan series, he did a run. Sorry, if you can hear the dog barking. Um, That's cool. uh, He did like a behind the scenes thing, like a remote where he went to Warner Brothers Animation and like checked it out and like interviewed him. And he talked to Bruce Tim and they designed this character. And so it's like a, a print of it signed by both of them. 
See, I am not well versed in the Conan mythology. Oh, yeah, Conan O'Brien mythology. Yeah. It's a whole universe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that that's interesting. I, I like those little things that like people like put up. Uh, I have a green screen up. That one I got from Amazon.com. So you know, uh, just as cool of a story. <laughs> My green screen. Um, uh, this is an interesting question, especially for people who don't normally read comics and and. Uh, it, it's tough sometimes as a DC comic fan making an argument for DC comics and what people should start with and, and that sort of thing. But exotic, well, first, Vicky says the beginnings for both Marvel and DC go back to like 50s or 60s, she says, so may, maybe earlier. So yes, DC comics goes back to like the 30s, uh, Superman's 1938, uh, Batman's 1939, Wonder Woman's, I think, 41, I think. Uh, and then Marvel, like the Marvel that we know today was about is the 60s, though they had characters like Captain America, Human Torch that were before that. Uh, but because DC, I feel, started off like 30 years before, they have a lot of outdated tropes in their comics. Um, uh, maybe not outdated, but old fashioned, should I say, tropes in their comics. Um, um, talking about so like uh, secret identities and... Uh, Secret identities, women also peril. like women in peril. Uh, their iconic characters are of certain demographics, and they 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 took a while to venture outside of that. Whereas, like like Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were kind of born out of this more uh, uh, progressive thinking uh, back then. Yeah, the the original Avengers was real multiracial. So, yeah, I <laughs> no, I right. I, I no, I I get what you I get you. But like the 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 the, the themes, you know, okay, I feel. Yeah. But because uh, Marvel got to got to deal with like the the failures or the problems of predecessors by starting later. Let's just well, say. they they got the kinks out with with like you said, like Captain America, Namor, the the uh, Submariner, and then a bunch of other characters that really didn't make the leap. And DC was just like, no, we were going to hold on to our our characters, even like, like they rebooted like the flash and green lantern, like successfully. Um, yeah. They, they still like their main property are still rooted in that thirties, forties, whereas Marvel, with the exception of Captain America, and they built that into him is that he is from the forties and now he's in the present. They've like steered clear of that, but granted like the sixties weren't that much better. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying they were. Uh, that being said, also, they both had the Comics Code Authority, which which really hung over the heads of both companies. So it's not like one company could have done more mature content. They were both not allowed to. So then they almost they evened out at a certain point because you only can only get so far. Uh, yeah, but then uh, they you know influenced each other and affected each other. You know, yeah. I mean, there's there's uh, I think it's pretty easy to say that you know Marvel dealt with a lot of more real world issues, but. By the seventies, by the time Denny O'Neill uh, was in control of a lot of stuff, he was bringing a lot of current events into comics, and you know, clearly right. things like Green Arrow and Green Lantern, uh, uh, books like like Teen Titans, New Teen Titans, books like um, like Dennis O'Neill's Batman, all that kind of stuff, really tackled real world issues, um, maybe a different way than Spider Man or or the Fantastic Four did, but. Right. And like, but like, I think what Marvel is helped by is like DC is Metropolis, Gotham City, Bloodhaven, Themyscira, Star City, Central, like, and Marvel is New York City. 
we were just before the show we were talking about Dare, Daredevil in San Francisco. Yeah, but basically yeah. Marvel is New York City. But it like right. it DC because it's in a, a obviously fictional world, a more fantasy world. More yeah. it can not I'll say avoid those topics. It can avoid addressing more adult stuff because it is a more fantastical world. But also like Marvel was the first both completely and uh, intermittently to drop the code. They dropped it in a Spider-Man comic yeah. where they, wa- they were approached, I think, by the um, the uh, the, uh, the d- d- Department the, of, uh, Department like of Drugs. Health, and, yeah, uh, Health and Human Services, something like that. I, I did a report on this recently, but yes, they dropped it just in that one. But then and then they, they, they dropped it fully. But they got they got back, got back to, to it. it. But then in I think it was two thousand one, they were just like, "Screw it, we're out of this. We'll put our own rating system like the ESRB, and then uh, we'll just be on our way." Right. Uh, that it was a they did an in-house rating system after X Force. There was a there was that issue yeah. of the the first X Force like when they came back. It was X uh, when when it became X Statics. Well, they X-Force were still X Force. They were still X Force when they dropped yeah. the code. But, uh, yeah. 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 Guys, are we here to talk about <laughs> are we talking about we are, history? We only have we are here. We only have twenty more minutes left. We gotta talk about what's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got forty five. We got forty five. But yes, yes, you're right. I think what I'm trying to do is like tie this. it in with I think it's to tie it in with exotic sounds asking, where would you even start? Is there a beginning point of the DC universe and how would you know what to read next? And I think it's very as much as there find- is for the Marvel Universe, I mean, uh, I've been actually been thinking about this myself because I organize my comics in a really unique way. If, yeah. If people don't know this, I am famous for organizing my comics uh, by in-story chronology. <laughs> I do that too! So Batman Year too. One goes before Batman the Golden Age, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> ba- ba- wait, which one's Batman the Golden Age? Or whatever, Golden Age Batman books. Oh, okay. I'm saying okay. chronological, that uh, goes in chronological story order. So yeah. I want to do this with Marvel too. So I have to like go back and get, you know, whatever Fantastic Four book uh, that Galactus person appears in uh, to add to yeah. my, my shelf. Um, so like that's where I would start with the Marvel Universe, right? You start with like the 60s stuff or whatever retells the 60s stuff. For me, if yeah. I'm going to go back and read DC as a history, then I'm probably going to start with Crisis on Infinite Earths and then the reboots from the 90s. I'll start with oh, John yeah. Burns' Superman and, um, uh, and and that stuff and read classic runs. I would read Frank Miller's Ooh. Batman and, and that stuff. But I think that where you want to start with like the continuity of the DC Universe is going to be essentially starting from John Burns rebooting Superman. Um, I have a different strategy. I have a different strategy that I would recommend. We're talking for first-time readers, right? Oh, for sure. And it's a different the, thing. <laughs> the, thing, the, thing that, the thing that Marvel fans have that mm-hmm. haven't read comics, people know these characters now. So, like, they can can read a Marvel comic and be like, okay, Rocket Raccoon, I know him. Even though he's a little bit different, he's here. And I kind of get the gist and I can start over. Uh, I think Wikipedia is your big friend. So what you do is you find a comic you can hop on like at the start of the run. So Infinite Frontier is the big DC Comics initiative that we're here to talk about uh, uh, that essentially it doesn't restart the numbering. <laughs> yeah, we're never going to get into it. No. Uh, it start, the but, 
No, it did not restart the numbering, but if it says Infinite Frontier on the front, you can start from there and kind of move forward because the, the new stories start there. And then for any characters that pop up that you feel like you should know, not the characters that pop up in there like, okay, that's the first, obviously the first time they're introducing some ninja character. Uh, you look them up on Wikipedia and you read, you read up whatever you want to read up on that character. You kind of get a gist for any questions you have, refer to Wikipedia. And as you read forward, when you get free time, read good, popular, or like like really solid runs from the past Agreed. with those characters or with that stuff. I uh, will Trevor. I will also say that there is, especially with Wikipedia, there is no harm in just jumping to the deep end. That's what right. I did. I, my first, it was like Amazing Spider-Man 24, and it was in like the middle of a storyline that was also a crossover <laughs> with this random uh, like line-wide thing that Marvel was doing. And I just picked it up at the grocery store, and that's what started it. So especially with Wikipedia and stuff to look up, like there's no harm. I just, just pick up a book. I know. Dude, comic fans are so much luckier than we were, when yeah. we were growing up. My first comics were uh, Death of Superman. You yeah. Know, that was my first couple books that I picked up. And you know what two superheroes are present at the Death of Superman? Bloodwind <laughs> and Ice Maiden. Bloodwind's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> I love Bloodwind. By the way, one of the best designs ever to come yeah. out of the 90s. It's yeah, yeah. crazy, crazy that that character is not around anymore. Um, and Ice Maiden. So, yeah. like, so those are characters that I had to go and find the DC's who's who that book and like yeah. discover who they were. But as I kept reading, I just was more interested in who's Guy Gardner, who's Booster Gold, who's, you know, Metamorpho, who's all of these characters. And it's just one of those, it's exactly what you said, dive, dive into the deep end because it's a whole universe to play around. Yeah. In. Yeah. If you like certain characters, find out whether they have a solo series and find out what teams they've been on. Because the teams yeah. they've been on have had team books. And then you can really, like Guy Gardner, you would find out that he was on he was on Justice League International. And he may have had like his own mini series, but like Guy Gardner series don't last very long, right? He had a few series. He had Guy Gardner yeah. and then Guy Gardner Warrior. He, right. he was he was a, he was one, my first Green Lantern book was part one of a guy in his Nort. And it was Guy Gardner and Nort, the dog man, Green Lantern, who sucks. He's like the Jar Jar Binks of the DC Universe. For sure. And, um, yeah. And like Guy Gardner was there. Um, I don't know if um, you read uh, Future State Green Lantern, but they really tried to rehab Nort. <laughs> <laughs> no. They tried real That didn't be awful. Future State was bad. Can we say it out loud? Future State yeah. was bad. I, I didn't. I, I wasn't a big fan. For those of you who don't know what because Future was State bad. was, it was just a, it was two months. It was two months of a com of DC Comics that took place in alternate futures and timelines where, uh, um, like just just this, like these are the futures that could happen. Infinite Frontier onwards, right? Is that a good summation? Yeah. Except uh, I would just want to add that it was bad. <laughs> but they, again they did like what they did in new 52 where they didn't make it unified right like new 52 exactly. was a full reboot except we're gonna hold on to a lot of what jeff Johns is doing in green lantern and all, all this other stuff and like yeah it, like age of apocalypse was just like all like you don't need to know what's like there's nothing happening and something else is like doesn't have any impact on the other stuff it's all happening you're just seeing different perspectives of it like future state was just like here's all of the books we have going on now and possible futures for them 
But like, it would have been fun if it was like line wide, especially since it was like, it seemed to be a dumbed down, like rushed version of their 5G event that they had planned. It yeah. felt so dumb. That's all it felt like, which is dumb. I will say there was one really standout book for me, and that was, of course, Joelle Jones' Wonder Woman. So good. Um, but I think it's that it's a testament to the idea of the entire company comes together to create a character, um, to let a creator kind of go nuts on that character and, and really give it a, a good opening push. So I think the one big standout for me was uh, the Yara Floor Wonder Woman, who is now going to be coming back as Wonder Girl, is going to have her own series. So I'm looking forward to it. While we talk about things, feel free to monologue, and I can look up images and, and post images up. But, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but, uh, well, Trevor, Tra- did you get to read uh, New, uh, re- New Frontier Wonder Woman or Future State Wonder Woman? I read some of it. That one, I, I like again, like I, ju- I just wasn't a fan of everything else. That the stuff that had piqued my interest, like I, I did it. Stu- I feel like I read it stupidly, where I read the stuff of like, oh, I've been kind of keeping up with these books. So I'll read their equivalents and not the ones that piqued my interest, like right. the, the, the uh, Joel Jones's Wonder Woman. Like that looks phenomenal, looks fantastic. Um, and I just haven't uh, like sat down and read it because just the rest of the future state stuff was just like, all right, okay. It's so, like, it was so you know, It's also, why does it matter? You know what I mean? Just yeah. like Elseworlds. Like I love as yeah. Elseworlds for the premises. And so with future state, I like premises or premises, should I and say. The truth is it didn't uh, so all the bad books, all the bad books had a unified premise, which was that uh, Gotham City became uh, super fascistic, uh, and yeah. and when Bruce Wayne went underground, uh, and all of the bat characters are outlawed. So you're checking them with every bat character, see where they are in this fascist future Gotham City, and it just was boring. It was boring and stupid, and uh, I just don't think. I mean, it was good as like an intro to the new Batman that they want to push forward, but it really wasn't the best. I, mean, I didn't think it was the best way to showcase that character. And I'm just like, can we see a happy future? Like, I know everyone's like worried about it, but like DC kind of like ever since Kingdom Come or even probably Dark Knight Returns, they haven't wanted to really push forward a utopian future unless it's in the Legion of Superheroes, and even that's kind of... Even that, yeah. Get, is getting a little well, dark. E- even that, Legion of Superheroes takes place a thousand years in the future where they say, like, everything fell apart and then got rebuilt, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah currently, what... Earth is uh, a series of satellite cities held together by, like, power magnets. And yeah. They call well, they just, they just brought back the oceans, didn't they? Like, Did they? Yeah. Yeah, last thing I heard was, was that I, I there are certain comics that I have missed. I, I keep up to date with only a certain amount, and then I, I wait for like six months, and then I read backish, like I didn't get caught back up again. Here, right here, I'm going to show uh, the new uh, Wonder Woman, Yara Floor. Uh, as you can see, uh, if you can't see, or no, if you can't kind of make out what, what she's holding, there are two bolos. Uh, her yeah. lasso of truth, her lasso of truth are bolos. So she is a Brazilian American, uh, and uh, Gil, Trevor, do you guys know more about her right here? Um, they really, Joel Jones spent a lot of time incorporating Brazilian and South American mythology, um, you know, because the essence of Wonder Woman is a superhero who is informed by the gods. 
So it's sort of the collision, and it literalizes the idea of if Wonder Woman's Amazon, why doesn't a Wonder Woman come from the Amazon, right? So they have a lot of ideas about uh, Brazilian and Amazonian kind of gods and how that clashes with Greek mythology. Right. And the character just has a really strong um, central flaw, which is all about impatience. Um, and it's just such a great way to create a character. I think it's clearly the same kind of thought process that went into Kamala Khan, uh, who is Miss Marvel over at Marvel. Yeah. Um, it was just, just really good thinking. They, I just think they just did, did really well. Yeah. And I, I don't want to talk too much about Marvel, but like one of the gem, one of the gems in the last 10 to 15 years, like that, that uh, is, is Kamala Khan. Yeah, for uh, sure. And I think Yara Floor really has the opportunity to become that. Uh, for DC right now. Um, yeah. They haven't didn't really explore her origins just yet. They're going to, I guess, in this new Wonder Girl series, but uh, I can't um, wait to see where it goes. It's Joelle Jones. And, you can't go wrong. Yeah, she, and, her art's amazing. Yeah, CW is going to do a Wonder Girl show with They the did not pick it up. They didn't pick it up. Oh, they did not pick it up? Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. But okay. Interesting. What? Uh, sorry, did they la uh, land on the painkiller? Thing, or is that still in development? I heard it's still happening because I heard there the the backdoor pilot is coming up in in Black uh, Lightning. Mm. What's that? Um, there's well, a backdoor Black... pilot for Painkiller. Yeah, Black Lightning's uh, ending. He's like the the antihero in uh, okay. in Black Lightning. I like, I like Black Lightning. I thought the first season was extraordinary. Yeah, and then yeah. I think it just kind of turned into X Men after that, which I thought was a little bit of a shame. But that first season. If uh, if any of you folks in the chat haven't seen uh, Black Lightning, at least check out that first season. It's really really yeah. strong. I mean, first season is really solid. Yeah, first season of every like DC show on CW has just been really really solid. Like they know probably true. They're, yeah, their their problems come from later seasons. Of, uh, that first season really solidifies it. Why do you think the problems happen later? I'm trying to. I'm trying to wrap my head around the industry and trying to figure out little things. For example, like why DC animated movies are good uh, or fairly good versus are DC they? like I have actually. I watched Common Wisdom, but I can't remember the last one I liked. Except Man of Tomorrow, I thought was good. So I'm hoping like as things progress, I think things will get better. But Man of Tomorrow, I like the good. Superman ones. I like the Superman animated ones. Uh, I just watched Superman versus the Elite. Oh, uh, that was good. Yeah. And that should have been a live action movie. Like that would have been a great follow up to Man of Steel. Uh, uh, is is Superman trying to be a hopeful? Like just I don't know. There was a lot. There's a lot of things why he can't be like the elite. But that's a separate thing. I agree. Um, the Return of Superman or like Reign of Superman. That was uh, really that good. One, that was good. I like that one too. <laughs> they ha know how to do Superman right, and it doesn't make any sense. I got the now, version Superman of it that was one big movie. There was Death of Superman and. Reign of the oh. Superman combined as one movie. Yeah. That's the one yeah. I bought. Nice. Oh, okay. So good. Well, and I yeah. think I I know this might be a divisive statement, uh, but I really like Damian Wayne. Um, and I think in this in a say in the same way that like the comic Damian Wayne has been problematic and clunky at times. Uh, but the movies, I think the movie series really kind of understood him and got him. Like the way like Miles Morales in the comics is a little clunky, but like into the Spider-Verse just nailed like this is the core of the idea and yeah, i just i right. thought like i i liked the apocalypse war i know it was like gratuitous I, like, I thought uh the <laughs> apocalypse war was awful but um 
yeah, I like Damien as a character. I just wish we didn't have to get rid of Tim Drake to give room to him. Um, yeah, yeah. It just it just seems like uh, they're like, oh well, we can only have three former Robins. Like we can't. They just haven't figured out what to do with Tim yet. And at some point they will. And I think he really does have his own lane. And the only person that I've seen really get Tim Drake over the last few years is James Tynan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with his a, detective, uh, the detectives comics run, right? That was his. Yeah, run. his detective yeah. comics was clearly a Tim Drake book. You know, if you yeah. if you like Tim Drake as a character, uh, Detective Comics is absolutely the book to have read. Um, and now Megan Fitzmartin, our buddy, uh, you know, she she got to write this uh, Justice Society World War II um, uh, direct-to-video movie, and oh. I know she's going to be writing another another Tim Drake something soon. Oh, I don't think it's okay. a non-book. Awesome. Uh, I think it might be a mini or a, or something like that, or a one shot. Okay, um, there's a lot of cool series that are coming out right now with Infinite Frontier, right? Um, I don't remember what came out last week. I know that I didn't read them because I was busy with KeyCon. What I came will. out last week? I'm gonna look. Okay, Joker came um, out. I didn't get a chance to read it, but I haven't. Oh, the Joker solo series. I liked it. Solo. Honestly, it was. I- yeah, uh, if you guys want to talk about that, I'll, I'll pull up an image. Crime Syndicate. Oh, I did. Watch, I did read the Crime Syndicate one. Yes. Did I read Crime Syndicate? I feel like I did, but maybe I didn't. Um. Can you remind me what re- happens in it? Oh yeah, but now now it's tough for me to. Uh... Sorry, sorry. What does happen? <laughs> no, that what does happen in in it? I love Earth Three, <clears throat> and it's this basically for anyone out there who doesn't know. DC has a universe in its multiverse where everything is opposite. It's like bad is like the bad guys are good guys and good guys are bad guys, essentially. So you have Ultraman and Owlman who are Superman and Batman's mirror universe opposites. Um, and uh, uh, you see a world where like evil always triumphs as opposed to good always triumphs. Oh, Batman and, Urban um, Legends came out last week, hmm. which I guess okay. is a, that's like an anthology book. Did I not read that? I don't know why I didn't read that. That looked so good. Um, what did you guys read from last week? Well, I read Joker, which essentially was a Commissioner Gordon book, which I like. You know, I like that as an idea, sort of uh, yeah. Commissioner Gordon hunting down the Joker. I love that as an idea. Um, like Hannibal? Like, it's yeah. called Hannibal, but it's really about Will Graham. Right. Uh, Rorschach came out last week. That's not really involved with Infinite Frontier, but it's just the next issue of Tom King's version of Rorschach. It's good. I love it. It's really interesting. I love it. I'm waiting for the the... payoff where I have to go back and read. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Grant Morrison's finale of Green Lantern, which I'm so glad to see that done. I hated his Green Lantern. It was so bad and convoluted and hard to read. I just hated it. Mm. Um, But maybe that's just me. Uh, Superman. Uh, Superman, which, so we're getting, we keep getting all of these hints and ideas that, like, John Kent is either not what he seems or is going to be the downfall of Clark Kent in some way. John Kent being Clark Kent's son. Clark Kent's son, yeah. I feel like we keep getting that message, and I'm not sure what to make of it. Because I don't know why we can't just have a Superboy that is happy. (laughs) Like, here's the thing about DC. For anyone who's new to DC, DC hates Superman. (laughs) DC hates, like, 
because DC has been mired in the muck of gritty and grim for so long, Warner Brothers doesn't get why Superman would be Superman. Why does this character have altruism? Why do you have a character who has all of these crazy powers but chooses to help people and be nice to people and, and, and help cats out of trees? So every time they come up with a new super character, that super character has to be really, really flawed and have a really dark side to them. So we have Superman's two Superboys, who are John Kent and Connor Kent, and both of yeah. them have weird darknesses to them in, in Future State. John Kent has this kind of weird prophecy to him that's like, you're going to cause the death of your father, you're not going to be able to live up to the name of Superman, you're going to be flawed, you're not going to do it right. And Connor Kent has been kidnapped by Task Force X. Well, I guess it's Task Force X-1 now, Task Force 11. Um, no, isn't the, it? The is Suicide it Squad. Suicide yeah. Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so they, sorry, they, they, uh, they, exotic, they, 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 exotic sounds. Sorry, exotic sounds is asking. So, Superman and Superwoman's kids. First thing, not Superwoman. You're thinking Wonder Woman, but not Wonder Woman. It's Lois Lane. Superman and Lois Lane have a kid, uh, which is yeah, fun. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it, like it's interesting you point that out because now I'm thinking about like going back again into the history, like both the the sort of current version of Connor Kent as he is now was sort of solidified with Jeff Johns. And that was started with it being revealed that he was half clone of Superman, half clone of Lex Luthor. So an already baked in darkness and they pay it off. And then the, uh, the Jeff Loeb series that reintroduced the Supergirl that we uh, no, I mean, aside from New 52, blah, 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 blah. Uh, all of that was, uh, she was like turned by Darkseid for like a, a few issues. Like, yeah, that's not uh, dark. So there is, DC, I hadn't really noticed that, that there is this inbaked darkness. The darkened Superman. Um, so, I mean, you'll see that there's a ton of Superman villains that are evil versions of Superman, right? Like Cyborg Superman, Zod, Jax, or uh, Match, Bizarro. Um, you know, there's a million evil versions of Superman and all of these, by the way, uh, Superboy Prime, uh, there was a character called right. Hell, H apostrophe E-L. There's always an evil version of Superman out there, including Injustice. Uh, you know, every, they, they love to make Superman bad, um, which is just always very annoying to me because why can't he just be well, our version of Captain America? Like, let him be a guy right. out of time, you know? Well, and even like as good of a depiction of good, solid Superman as it is, Superman and Lois, the new CW show, uh, is rooted in the villain coming from the future because it, or it's a, it's a future or a different Earth or something, but Superman's bad in it. And we yeah. see Superman, it shows like a flashback to um, a future back, whatever you want to call it. And you see yeah. it shows Superman in the future, like burning like a row of just soldiers. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, yeah, there's nothing like if it's, I'm fine with that. If, if I may add, I'm sure. I'm fine with that because we know who Clark is and he's so good. And that Lex Luthor and, and all the super, like a lot of Superman villains and even like major lane, you know, general lane, uh, Lois Lane's father always distrusted Superman because like this guy has so much powers. Like why wouldn't he just take over everything? So it makes sense that like, yeah, we have the plot device of this guy coming from maybe an alternate timeline or alternate universe or no, it's an alternate universe because of crisis, something like that. Uh, I think, that I think he dealt with like an injustice. Yeah. It, it, he so, dealt with essentially injustice Superman. Yeah. That's what it looks like. 
That's what it looks like to me too. Um, but it's fine. You know, one, one way or another, Superman always, you know, comes back to what he is and that's, it's great. I like, I'm just annoyed that Superboy that Connor Kent is in Suicide Squad. Right. I think Suicide Squad seems like like the worst idea to put a super character in, you know? Yeah. Although I did, I did like when, uh, they had Bizarro as he was like, they had like the dark Trinity and it was uh, bizarre. Yeah, that was the outlaws. Red right? Hood. Yeah, I forget. Uh, and um, was Artemis. Donna Troy? Artemis. Artemis. Was Artemis. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, there's, yeah, they they try and stick the, I mean, and here we are just a few days from the Snyder Cut, in which. You know, is, well, I hear it's good. You know, I, reviews are good, actually. So who I'm knows? not. I heard again, reviews are mixed. I mean, mixed is better than what Justice League was, so I'll take mixed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like again, like it, it, uh, not to like criticize or uh, the artistic merit of it, but it is rooted in the belief of an evil Superman, because that's yeah. Bruce Wayne's fear. Um, that's the fear right. running through Man of Steel. That if Clark reveals himself or his powers might go bad, it's the fear, that's the the main fear in Batman vs Superman. And then we see eventually we're going to see the payoff of he does turn evil at some point in the Snyder cut. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, that's the problem with Superman and why to bring it to a book that's happening right now, why I'm so excited for Brian Michael Bendis's justice league one issue right. in, and it's just so like, so good. Let's talk about it. And like, you know what the most Superman moment is, is uh, basically no, well, it's uh, it's him wanting to, like turning back and looking at Black Adam. Yes, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yes, so good. So, so, so Black, if you don't know, Black Adam will be eventually played by The Rock, but he is an uh, the sort of evil anti-hero, depending on what uh, era you're in, of Shazam, of uh, the original Captain Marvel. Now, what, let's if we're talking to new people, I don't want to even bring up that he was once called Captain Marvel. Uh, Shazam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except you did, Trevor. I did. I'm sorry. Um, Shazam, uh, so, but he's like, he, they, they've been toying with him being an anti-hero for like the past like 20 years. And finally, they're like the whole sort of issue is pivoted around this fight that started with this monster and it starts with Black Adam and he's like a bad guy. And, and but Superman still opens himself up to yes. the possibility that he might be able to help, that he seeks to help, yes. um, and again, like I point to uh, Grant Morrison's uh, scene in All Star Superman, where uh, he just one of his little things that he does is he helps a uh, a girl who is uh, thinking about jumping off a roof, think of committing suicide, and just sits right. with her. He just sits with her, and I just love that. I love like He's when the goodness of this guy. Yeah, because just a menschy person. That's it. He is. He's he's a good egg. Superman will all. He'll never have an excuse of why he can't help you move. Uh, he'll help the ladies cross the street, but then he'll also he'll he'll throw some punches at you if you're gonna be yeah. if you're gonna threaten his the people he loves. You're gonna threaten the planet. And he sees Black Adam, who is very uh, willing to go it alone. I, I'm the only person who could protect my people, whatever. And Superman is reaching out, like I see that you're lonely. I get it. You're lonely. You don't have to be this way, Black Adam. You can join the good guys if you want to. All it takes is stepping up and joining us. That's all it takes. And, like, that is the essence of Superman, is there's nobody yeah. who's so bad that Superman doesn't believe they can be good uh, somewhere in the right. Like, right. 
a, a way to do a dark Superman story is to make everything around him dark. Yeah. To just exactly. intensify the darkness around him and to, to the drama of watching this man still try and be a light surrounded by so much darkness. Like you could tell upsetting stories, but it's Superman is unchanging and it's yeah. watching him accomplish the feats and how seeing the length Superman will go to remain unbroken. That's the drama of a Superman story. And a yeah. lot of people misunderstand that as no, he needs to overcome the, his potential for darkness. Superman doesn't have potential for darkness. I know people nowadays want to believe that, but that's, again, Grant Morrison, they have this great way of putting it where it's a super, Superman is a superman. So he is super everything. Kind of like how Captain, the Captain America thing, to bring that back in the movie, they describe it. Good becomes great. Evil becomes something worse. Uh, or bad becomes something worse. And it's like, that's what uh, Superman is. He is a Superman. He's the greatest of all of us. And he is trying to lift us up to his length. Right. A, uh, um, a rising tide rises all boats. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you guys yeah, get yeah. to read last week's Wonder Woman? How do you feel about uh, Wonder Woman and Infinite Frontier? That was an interesting take. I haven't, been able, I haven't been able to... to so... See. I haven't been so, able to to read that one. What happens? So at the end of uh, Future State, she came back from the dead. She came back. She was offered a place among the quintessence and chooses uh -huh. to come back to Earth. Instead of winding up in Earth, she winds up in Valhalla. So oh, okay. she is right now in Valhalla um, trying to get out. Uh, she doesn't necessarily even remember how to get out. She's dealing with a lot of Thor stuff. So it's a really fun way for DC to do a bunch of Thor um, material uh, yeah. using Wonder Woman, who's such a great, you know, way to play with that. Um, it yeah. was really good. I'm, I can't wait to see what happens next. I mean, uh, that, so the, but that's just closing out last week. As far as this week, I read uh, JLA that Trevor read. I read right. Nightwing that blew me away. My two best panels of the week were in this week's Nightwing. Tell, tell us about Nightwing. I got a picture of it up. God, it's so good. By the way, this is a sick cover, by the way. This Such cover is cover. sick. I love the new logo. Um, so Nightwing, at the during um, Death Metal, Nightwing... So in the last year, uh, Dick Grayson had lost his memory, uh, fell in love, got his memory back, broke the heart of the woman he fell in love with. During Death Metal finally proposed to Barbara Gordon, but it kind of seemed like um, like a battlefield, like we're both under stress. You know, do we really feel this way about each other kind of stuff? And so I feel like this Infinite Frontier uh, book really is like uh, paying off the promise of that. So they aren't theoretically married, but Barbara Gordon is definitely a uh, supporting character in this book. They went back to the basics of Nightwing, which is the Chuck Dixon uh, run from the 90s, uh, which is Blockbuster, the big uh, bad guy of Bloodhaven, which is the city Dick Grayson operates in. is sort of like DC's version of Kingpin. Um, and the interesting twist of what's going on is Blockbuster, the, the DC's kingpin, has just killed the mayor of Bloodhaven, making the former head of the city council the new mayor. And that person who was the head of the city council is the daughter of Tony Zuko, who killed Dick Grayson's parents. Okay. 
I, I'm over the moon. I'm so excited to see what comes next. And uh, the, the entire issue was such a mission statement on who Dick Grayson is as a character, um, just about wanting to help others. There were all these beautiful, heartbreaking scenes, flashback scenes with Alfred. Uh, I see Trevor wanted to talk. I don't want to... Oh, no, no, no. You keep monologuing about it. I, I, I will... So... <laughs> well, no, because we, we've, we've talked about this before, but, like, Dick Gray... There is something about Dick Grayson that just really resonates. Like he's he's older he's older than most DC characters. Like you have to remember Robin Dick Grayson was introduced 1940. 1940? Yeah, yeah, like a, a less than a year into the Batman run, they introduced his sidekick Robin. And so this is a character that is older than every single Marvel character that matters. Um older than the majority of the DC comics. He has like just as much a history and just as much of a claim to it as like Batman and Superman, but he like he's Batman without all that BS angst. Like he, right. he Dick Grayson has he's had some hard chips. Like you 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 were just saying like he was lost his memory. Everything went to hell for him for like a full year. Our time like I don't it was like probably like a couple months for him, but like a full year of our time, a full year maybe even more of him just like not acting like himself. Um. And now, like, we get back to basics with it. And he's just such a strong character. Like, first sidekick, first sidekick to graduate into a new identity. And that identity become, like, Grant, like, people still know him because, like, Burt Ward in the 60s Batman. But, like, Nightwing is, like, a known entity to the same degree that, like, Robin is for, for the most part. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. And uh, I've heard the statistic that, like, in the next five years... Dick Grayson will have been Nightwing as long as he'd been Robin. Which is crazy. Crazy. Because he was uh, introduced yeah. in 1940, became Nightwing in 1982 or 3, right? So yeah. it's 43 years. And if it's uh, almost 40 years since since then. That's, yeah. which is, uh, that's has, insane. Has Jason been Red Hood longer? I would assume, right? He wasn't Robin for very long, right? He wasn't Robin for very long, but he's only been Red Hood since... 2000 or whatever. I but, mean, but it's 2021. Because uh, yeah, no. you have to remember, he was dead for all the rest of the time. He was dead, like, he was <laughs> dead he was, for at least 15 years, right? Remembered as yeah. Robin, but the dead yeah. man. <laughs> but again, sure. like, it's just like, uh, uh, I think, like, Dick Grayson is the promise that DC constantly messes up. Yes. Like, they continually think they need to hit the reset button, even more so than, like, Marvel's never hit a full reset button. Um, but yep. they like have a way of just continually reinvigorating their characters without doing that. And DC just really has not has spent a lot of time not allowing their characters to grow. And Dick Grayson is the the this example that shows that that's so stupid. Like yeah. he, right. he's he's such an amazing character. He's basically the nexus point of the DC universe in terms of the characters and the relationships and how they all kind of fit together. Yeah. I asked this question in our Facebook group a week or so ago, where I was like, you know, who would be the Marvel equivalent of Dick Grayson? I gave some choices. I said Spider-Man. I said uh, Bucky Barnes. I said, you know, a couple of others, maybe Daredevil. Um, but everyone came back to me. It was like Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride clearly is uh, the Marvel version of Dick Grayson. I thought that was so interesting that everyone huh. everyone pushed back on what I was saying. Um, yeah, like, so it's a thing I've said a lot, right? 
Um, if you stretched the Marvel Universe out from end to end and said, what char- what single character is this about? I think it would be pretty easy that, to say it was Peter Parker. Spider-Man is, so. the char- Spider-Man is the yeah. character that the Marvel Universe is about. When Peter Parker dies, that's going to be the last issue of Marvel Comics. When DC... Huh? huh? I mean, I laughed. I said, ho, ho. I mean, I disagree a little bit because but, I think that there could be a spiritual successor that maybe. kind of... Well, look, there's, I mean? there's always a new Spider-Man. I mean, Col- yeah, Colin is a new Spider-Man, you know. Yeah. But I think Peter Parker is the story of the Marvel Universe. And I think the same is true of Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson is the story of the DC Universe. Um, I think the last issue of the very last DC comic book that will ever be published will be Dick Grayson closing his eyes for the last time. That's what that I That is so by. sad. Why do you got to put that in the, those images in my head? That's so sad. <laughs> because like, we, have like, to be, we have to be able to accept the endings of stuff, which is why we keep getting stupid reboots and not good stories that continue to build up each other. I say, yes no to that. <laughs> I, I say yes and no to that. For example, like I'm fine with DC and Marvel going on forever. It's a business. There, It's a soap opera. Like we should be able to see characters age, but DC Comics as a whole and Marvel Comics will never be, they'll never creatively decide, let's pack up shop. You know what no, I mean? You're right. Like, you're right. So what, what, what I just hypothesized will never happen. And it's perfectly fine. right. But I'm some saying those characters could die at some point, right? What I'm saying, all of them mostly have died and come back yeah. at this point. <laughs> what I'm saying is, Dick Grayson is the center of the DC universe, and for good reason. And the current book, this new first issue that just came out, I think it was actually Nightwing, like '73 or something. But it's the 78. first issue, '78. But it's the first issue of this new run. Highly, highly, highly worth getting. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, yeah. No, if you if you want to jump into a DC book. Like right now, as they're as they're like, if you just want to walk into a comic shop and say, "Give me the most recent book that I can jump onto," Nightwing seventy eight, because it like it it lays in the hopeful tone that DC is for the most part known for, aside from the huge swaths of darkness that they've introduced to their line. Um, right. <laughs> it introduces a hopefulness, a belief in in heroism. Yes. Um, and it it's it introduces you into a story already in progress, but it doesn't ever feel like you don't have your bearings and you don't really understand what's going on. And also it's got Barbara Gordon in it too. And she's wonderful. I so love, good. I love, yeah. I love Dick Grayson and Barbara. Like I love them together. I, yeah. I really do. Uh, I don't know whether I'm wrong, but yeah. I love it. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, um, uh, Matthew Morey says Dick Grayson hasn't really been a presence in the films. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, that sucks. Uh, because the movie well, makers have no idea what to do with them. Yeah. They don't understand a yeah. hopeful character. It's just, just like Superman. <laughs> Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson as a spirit is closer to Superman than Batman as a spirit. You get what I'm saying? I think so. Yeah. He he believes in it. Um he, he's also not he Dick Grayson doesn't really have any belief in the power of darkness, right? I feel like Bat, Bruce Wayne does. He like he he wants to believe in the the goodness and that maybe we can get better, but he's just like, oh, there's I'm going to strike fear into the hearts of people. Whereas Dick Grayson right. is definitely not that. Right. Yeah. Um. Let's let's move. Uh. Just because. Uh, uh. For the sake of time, 
Because yeah, I mean, well, even I have thoughts about the greatness of the Justice League thing, where Green Green Arrow, what Green Arrow said in Justice League about bringing so in good. differing thoughts, that was yes. so Green Arrow. Bendis, yes. Bendis surprised me because yeah. I, 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 Brian Michael Bendis is doing a really great job with that. Um, did you guys? It's, read it's Cat- one issue. I mean, who knows? So we'll see what happens. I love the idea that, by the way, that they combined the two Justice League books, made one a backup to the other. I love that because, like, if you want to get your Dark Justice League, it's right there in the back of the book, and it looked really cool. And it was Zatanna and Constantine going off on an adventure. That was really fun. Um, yeah, I love the fact that. Green Arrow and Black Canary are back in the league. I love yeah. the setup of um, of Black Adam and Naomi joining the Justice League because it felt Hippolyta. very Hippolyta. too. It felt very Morrison era Justice League, which, as anyone will tell you, is my absolute favorite era of the Justice League. Um, it it combines two things that I love, which are um, <laughs> which are the Justice League feeling like they've known each other for many years and yeah. having. Uh, having uh, you know uh, uh, a way in character, an intro character like a Naomi who can feel the way Kyle Rayner felt in the '90s of like a character uh, like, oh, this is all real weird, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, the original one, Snapper Car. Like you, snapper you have car. annoying Snapper Car. Um, yeah. But like, uh, what's good about like why Justice League would be a good starting book as well is like these team books because there's so many characters, a good run, a good writer will just boil them down to their essentials. Not make them like cardboard cutouts or like one dimensional, but just like, what's the essential stuff? Because I have eight, traditionally like seven, eight other mouths to feed uh, in this book. So that it really is, if you want to kind of really understand the core of the characters, a Justice League book would be a good place to get a crash course on a bunch of them. Um, right. And you can kind of see who you want to dive deeper into if you're just like, I just want to kind of suss it out. A team books, if especially like something like Bendis, where he's just starting off, and you can you have a good introductory character who's also not she has a couple of side appearances, but really has six issues behind her. So even she's a new character to this world. It's like I think Bendis's Justice League is going to be a really good really jumping good. off point. And the last yeah. two books that came out this week that um, I dove into Catwoman, which I thought was good. It's not really a new direction. It's just kind of continuing what's been going on with her post Joker yeah. war uh, and Superman blue and red and blue. I guess it's red and blue or blue and red. Or uh, red and blue. What? Red and blue. Um, yeah. Oh my God. That I only read the first story in it. It already blew me away. Catwoman. Look, they're, they're still dealing with the aftermath of Joker war, which is the biggest uh, storyline that happened in the last year in Batman. Um, it was good. I was happy with it. Catwoman is kind of having her own crime book. It's fun. If you like, uh, if you like crime, if you like noir, you'll like it. It's pretty good. There's some uh, cool cop stuff going on. Uh, I generally recommend it if you like that kind of book. Well, not super my cup of tea, but I liked it. What do you guys think? Um, I didn't. I didn't get to read Catwoman or Superman. Um, um, but I'm very interested. I, I'm very interested with Infinite Frontier that I can finally hope like have hope in the DC universe again and that I can really dive in. Cause back in the day, uh, before new 52, I was reading everything Marvel, everything DC. And I was more into DC and, and cause, cause those are the characters I grew up with Tim Drake and Connor Kent. And they have this history and I, I grew up and then new 52, like we're raised out rid of everything. Yeah. And so I haven't, felt this way about DC comics since before new 52. 
Rebirth, Rebirth was them trying to get them back on course, and I, I, I got into Rebirth and started reading a little bit more. But this finally has me like exotic sounds out there. Infinite Frontier is the place to dive in. You could start from whatever their first Infinite Frontier issue is and keep going because yeah. I think this is the time to start. And like, if you're new to comics, like as you kind of can gather from us, like there are different runs happening. Like people have like different runs, so there's definitely jumping on points. So don't if you find like we're telling you to read just it was a Justice League number one today or was it a different? It wasn't number, number one. It was like yeah. 20. Yeah, and, like, Nightwing is 78, and so it's just, like, there are times, like, in comic books in the individual issues, even though they keep the numbering going, that it's just, like, no, the slate is cleaned. There there have been times it's just been, like, so butchered, just, like, the slate is clean, even without, like, doing a full reboot. Um, Right. And so, yeah, like, there's always places to kind of jump in, and now, yeah, I'm I'm excited. These, especially this week, I think... Last week was just like, ah, all right, all right. And then this week really kind of got me energized. Although, yeah, again, I didn't read Catwoman. I didn't get a chance to read it. I've been reading it before, so just like, ah, I'll wait. Yeah, and it's, then, just, uh, it's just okay. Uh, it's Justice League number 59 this week, yeah. even though it is the beginning of a new uh, run. Um, so it's yeah. Justice League 59. I highly recommend it. You don't have to worry about issues 1 through 58. Uh, if you don't want to, it's not that big a deal. Um, but this right. is a great place to jump on. Uh, and Superman Red and Blue, I've only so this is their and Superman's answer to Batman Black and White. And Batman oh, Black yeah. and White is an anthology book that's been going on since the '90s. Um, it's not monthly, but they'll usually do different runs of it. So Batman Black and White will be. So what I mean by anthology book is any given issue will have like four short Batman stories, and they won't take place in continuity. They'll be kind of self-contained. They'll be their own things, and they'll usually be showcases for really, really great artists to like. Don't worry about colors. Like just worry about your art, your pencils, right? So now they're doing it with Superman. Uh, it's called Superman Red and Blue, and so all of the artwork is in red, white, and blue. Um, and I just read the first story in it, which is by Oscar winner John Ridley, uh, who's also the guy who's creating the new Batman. Um, and the first issue, the first story I read is essentially a, a Holocaust survivor story uh, featuring Superman, and it was fascinating. Um, if this is the caliber of what they are bringing in, I am on board. Uh, you know, it's not something I have to worry about being in continuity. I don't have to be like, wait, Superman was in a concentration camp, like any of that stuff. Like, <laughs> who cares? It's not It's not supposed to be in continuity. You don't have to think about it like this is a story that really happened. The point is a what if. Like, what if Superman had had this experience in his life? What would this uh, do to him? And, of course, that story ends in a, on a note of hope on a note of, we know who Superman is. Superman is always going to be Superman, no matter what he goes through. So I'm on board. They they have me. I'm sold. I, I definitely want to dive into all of these uh, uh, soon. I, I need to get caught up with, with this stuff. Uh, especially because I've been a couple weeks out of mm-hmm. comics, uh, uh, c- catching a couple of them, but uh, it's been tough. But definitely, like, like for anyone out there that's, that wants to get into it, uh, Hit us up on Instagram. Um, I have my I have my uh, 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 I have my takes 
on like, you know, where to go from this. But basically, the basic gist is like, you can get comics anywhere. If you're looking for physical comics, you can buy your comics on Amazon, on uh, used comics on eBay. You can go into a comic book store. You can call a comic book store and sometimes they ship it to you. Uh, you can uh, 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 go to the library. I'm a big proponent of the library. That's where I started. Like, like uh, one of my like first books. Well, one of my first comic books was Kingdom Come. And that was crazy as shit. <laughs> and I, but that made me fall in love with everybody. <laughs> that's, oh, man. that's exactly what Trevor was saying and yeah. what I was saying, right? Like, you jump into the deep end and you see, like, whoa, what is this world I just entered? And it makes you want to say, who's that guy and who's that guy? And you read in Kingdom Come, you're like, I have to know who Despero is and who Lobo right. is and who yeah. Bullet Man is. Like, you know, there's right. so much density in Kingdom Come that it's a perfect oh, yeah. for me to read it. Oh, yeah. Um, um, but I mean, hopefully, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I want to get more people into comics. Even yeah. if it's just word of mouth, just being like, you know, start. I, well, I definitely think it's a passion that's worth having. I know these are inopportune times for it, but honestly, the best way to get into comic books is to, same as most everything, like go to a comic book shop and surround yourself with people who read it. That'll also be such a great safety net because Every person you know who reads comics, if you say, I want to read comics, what should I start? They have a prepared list for you in their head because we're all psychos yeah. and we all like want to evangelize <laughs> this. But no, like, it, it, like, and that's how I got into it. I went into, I bought that Amazing Spider-Man issue at a grocery store, then found my comic book store and like made friends there who are still my friends today. And they helped lead me it through this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Also, we have a we have a Facebook group. Yeah, come come join our Facebook group. Ask any question you want to ask, and people will answer. This is not yeah. a bunch of dicks. Everyone's nice. Yeah. Everyone wants to wants you to to not be confused. So, yeah, that's the thing about it. Like a good community. A good community is supportive. A good community is is inclusive, not exclusive. And like you want to find comic book fans that that know that that aren't gatekeeping, that aren't shaming you for not knowing. Because hell, you got to start somewhere. Were you no, born like with this comic there. knowledge? Yeah, I wasn't. You know, uh, yeah. so um, I mean, I, I I love spreading spreading the love here, and uh, uh, I'm I'm very uh, thankful that I had Trevor and Gil on here to talk to me uh, today, and the audience out there for watching this show uh, uh, with us today. Exotic sounds, uh, especially because I hope we've converted you uh, to the to the good to the good books. As I like yes, to say, for sure. you know, um, Gil, uh, do you have anything, uh, uh, coming up? You have any plugs? You got, you got anything to say before we get going? Yeah. This Friday night on nowhere comedy club, we have Ari Stidham hosting his own late night show. You know, Ari Stidham from the television show Scorpion and from millions of great shows, uh, around LA, including his own directorial debut of Midsummer Night's Dream. He's hosting his very own late night talk show on Nowhere Comedy Club this Friday night. Tickets available on nowheretime.com. Uh, what else do I want to tell you guys? Oh, her, uh, his, um, his guest this Friday night on his show is going to be uh, a person that we all grew up watching in movies and on television uh, from Waterworld and Andre and Karina Karina. It's Tina Majorino, uh, who is the child star that we all grew up with in the 90s. Um, <laughs> you know, she was in, uh, uh, besides Waterworld, oh, she was in Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> with the with the. Sign. That's how we oh, mostly yeah. know her. Like, I know yeah. Karina Karina, but I know that she's in Napoleon Dynamite. 
She's Napoleon, the girl in Napoleon Dynamite uh, in yeah. the Waterworld and Karina Karina uh, and a million other things. And she's going to be Ari's guest. And it's going to be super fun and super funny. Rama Valuri wrote a new song. Um, God, he's so talented. So, you know, you got to come watch. All right. Uh, Trevor, you got anything? No, I'm I'm comedic list right now. <laughs> uh, plug, plug my thing. Uh, check out check out the show. Uh, what, what's the website again, Gil? NowhereTime.com. The show is called Your Late Night Show Tonight. Every month, a different comedian hosts their very own talk show in their very own voice, in their very own point of view. So, sorry. So follow us on all the socials, and you'll see who we have um, this month and next month and the month after. Every single month, a different comedian is going to host their own talk show. Yeah, so it's really, really cool. Well, and I, I, I met Ari. I, th- uh, I was either helping record a, a podcast or I helped record like a live show. But I met him before. He's super funny. Really, uh, it'll be a good show. He, he puts on a good show. Absolutely. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody out there for watching. Um, yet again, make sure that you, you know, you follow us. We're on Instagram. Each of us have our own Instagrams personally, as you can see in the display right here. Uh, so make sure that you follow us uh, as well as follow the Keeg at the Keeg Show on Instagram. Uh, we're also there. We're also on TikTok if you're looking for, you know, little little minute long breaking news things that I tried to do. Uh, we do that there at the Keeg Show. That's also TikTok. You can pretty much see our social media down here. Right now, we're streaming to volume.com slash the Keeg Show. Volume is doing uh, uh, some great work getting that platform uh, set up uh, uh, for us, for musicians, for comedians, for basically any performing arts. So volume is doing a really great job. So, um, I'd like to thank Volume for for having us on here and uh, for just, you know, giving us another platform other than, uh, you know, elsewhere. I was going to say, I was going to say there, uh, you know, uh, he who shall not be named. Uh, distinguished competition. Distinguished competition. That's what Mar- Marvel used to call DC the distinguished competition, yeah. which I think is a nice, respectful way of doing things. Um, but uh, 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 we, we won't we don't get buried under uh, gaming here. Like, we get buried under gaming elsewhere, but we don't get buried under gaming here, which is nice. So this is for performing arts. We do what we can, uh, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Follow us wherever you can uh, follow us, and uh, that's pretty much it. Thank you, Gil. Thank you, Trevor, for coming on the show. Again, thank you, Gil, for, like, always showing up. And thank you, Trevor, for showing up now and then showing up and geeking out. And winning the Geek King title. Yeah, come after me. What was my score? Like, 260 or something? I don't know. I got yeah. Come at me. I'm I'm down to always defend it or take down any young buck who thinks oh, they can man. they can match me. Oh, I'm man. ready. I'm ready I for want, it. Yo, I'd be scared. I'd be scared to go against you, but uh, <laughs> I'll study up. I'll have a Rocky type montage. All right. <laughs> study All right. up. All right. I like it. All these shows, like I, I, I'm throwing things at the wall and seeing what concepts are sticking and whatnot. And uh, I'm all for bringing geeking out back. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, thank you so much. And in, anyway, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. So on and so forth. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We're probably going to do some more shows tomorrow. So uh, stay tuned. And uh, yeah, see you guys later. Bye.